Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. It's time for what may just be the best part of your week. That's right. It's time once again to talk about both running and faith. And this time, I have a very special guest with me today. This is Lisa Heyer. She's here to share her story. How are you, Lisa? I'm good. Thank you. Good. So um, tell us a little bit about kind of who you are and, you know, Okay, I am um, from Lafayette, Georgia, so really close to where Run for God starts. Yeah. Um, I have been a runner in high school, and then as the age came and the knees went uh, bad, <laughs> I then had babies and stayed at home and did that kind of thing. I'm real estate broker for 35 years. All right. Uh, finally slowing down on that. Are you? Yes. So do I you am. like that? profession oh yes yeah uh, anything i do for 35 years i must have loved that's, it yeah it's true story yeah uh, i still am in it just not as much yeah and um so now i get to just do what i enjoy doing yeah so, so is the real estate business really tough right now with the lack of inventory and, and that it's kind of thing? it's one of those situations where you're selling a lot and very quick yeah. Um, so in that aspect, the market's good. Okay. But if we had more it would be to helpful. sell, it would be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've thought about that. I've thought from a from a realtor standpoint, it's great when you sell stuff fast. Yes. But you don't have much to <laughs> but sell. But then we don't have anything to come behind it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to dig into the archives today. A story that I wrote many years ago um, that that I'll share uh, about talking about your brain. And what you think about while you run and how you use your brain when you run and that kind of thing. Um, so, And we're going to hear a little bit more about your story uh, right. before we even get to that. But first, we have a sponsor for the day. And this week, it is Hank's Carpet and Flooring. You know, Hank's Carpet and Flooring is your one stop for all your flooring needs. Hank stocks a huge selection of name brand flooring, carpet, luxury vinyl plank, waterproof flooring, and the exclusive Lola Pate area rug collection. Voted North Georgia's best of the best eight straight years and the People's Choice winner for the past two years. Great flooring, great prices. Why shop anywhere else? Visit Hank's Carpet and Flooring, Giant Showroom, or hankscarpet.com for red hot deals. We we have a little bit of that carpet stuff going on in the Dalton area, don't we? Uh, yes. Yeah, floor a covering. little bit. That's about all there is. Uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of carpet. We have a Facebook post from this week and this week it comes from Whitney Quimby. Um, this was done on September the 18th, so this might be a couple of weeks before you hear this, but uh, this is this is I love this one. It says this is going to sound whiny, but but taking this as a safe pl- but excuse me, going to sound whiny, but taking this as a safe place to lift me up, lift me. I'm having a hard time reading today. Lift me in, in up in whatever way that may be. Okay, the words are. That's why I'm having trouble there. 
Uh, tough love works too. Don't be afraid to put me in my place. I love this openness from mm-hmm. folks on the Facebook page. In my major, in a major spiritual warfare with this training, I keep hearing you cannot do this. Why did you think you could? You will never make the cutoff time, and so on and so forth. I haven't ran in one and a half weeks. Furthest I've gone is eight miles, and it was awful. Race is in two weeks. I'm telling myself to bail out and do it later. I'm afraid of failing, afraid of being last and being made fun of, afraid of getting lost on the way to the race. Why is this suddenly hitting me so hard? Haven't done a long run in a month. Like, do I push back the race to another day and just forget this one? Do I skip the actual race and do the 13.1 on my own pace and time where it won't be so much pressure? What on earth is happening to my once very encouraged and motivated brain and body? This is, we, we hear these, these things all the time, right? And there were 40 comments to what, what she had poured out of her heart there. Uh, and then she comes back later after many of those comments, and she says, Thank you, everyone. I cried this morning reading all of these comments, and I'm so grateful for each of you and, you, and your encouragement. Tomorrow, I'm going, to cut a, go, I'm going to go out and give it another go. Short, slow, and steady. And again on Tuesday. Then Friday, we'll aim for one last training run. Thank you again. You've probably never struggled like that, have you? Uh, uh, yes, very often. <laughs> <laughs> We've all struggled at times, yeah, right? Absolutely. Every one of us struggles from time to time. And when it happens to us, we think we're the only one. Mm-hmm. And yet we know everybody else struggles. I don't understand it. But I love the way that the run club comes in behind and just says, listen, it's okay. We're all struggling. We all struggle at times. It's it's okay. Um, and I, I just, again, I... It, it always baffles me. It's sort of like when we go back and we look at the Bible and we look at the Israelites and we wonder, why in the world did they question God when he did so many great things? And it's like, we're doing the same thing today. Mm-hmm. So we can't point any fingers. Um, anyway, it was Satan's out there. He's prowling. Um, we know it. We know he's out there. We know he's right on us. And yet we still succumb to him anyway. It's so frustrating sometimes. So anyway, um, so yeah, so that's that's the Facebook post from from the way from the um, from this past week, and so you shared, Lisa, you shared some stories in the past, right? Um, and you you shared about how your son, and I think you you've got a book, you've written a book, I do. and so let's let's give a plug for the book, Endurance Race of Life and Addiction. Um, we'll we'll put the camera on that too if you're watching the YouTube um, Race for Your Life. And uh, this is a book that Lisa wrote. And tell us a little bit about that. Just to kind of give you some prefix to this, I had written a title to a book in 2013. Didn't know what I was supposed to do with it. I'm not a writer, or I'd never been a writer. Um, I didn't do well in English 101 in college. So that was not something I was supposed to do. But I had written this title, Scattered, Smothered, and Yet Covered by the Grace of God. Yeah. That book, Waffle House. I yes, love Waffle House. <laughs> that book is actually at the publisher right now. Wow. Uh, after 10 years of dealing with my son's addiction, um, after writing this book, I didn't know I was going to write, The Endurance Race of Life and Addiction. I finally wrote the one I knew that I had a title to, you know, 
10 years prior. Yeah. Um, and I did get Waffle House's approval on that. Did you? Yes. That's great. It's an interesting story. The one I had to go to in corporate um, to get approval said, absolutely, and I can't wait to read it. My son's 17, and his name is Nathan, too, and is going through some of the same things. So, don't tell me God doesn't put God all these things together. Puts everything together. Wow. Um, so it's pretty amazing. But yes, I I signed up for an Ironman seventy point three at the age of fifty five. Wow. Um, never had done that. Never had even done a half marathon. That was my first half marathon I did in that. Yeah. But in writing that um, or signing up for that, God had led me into it. Yeah. Um, that's the only reason. There is no other reason that my age and no training would I um, do it, but I just felt the need. And then I saw, as I was doing it, all the correlations between training for the unknown and the fear and everything else that someone as an addict goes through. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to see what my son was dealing with and his fears and, and struggles I was having some of the same, but for a positive outcome. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, and you can see that. I mean, you can, I hadn't thought about it quite from that angle before, but you, when you think about it, it's, you instantly draw all these lines yeah. together. There's a lot of connections there that you yeah. don't realize. Endurance is just that. I mean, it takes long training, it takes whatever. And his endurance with addiction was a long process he had to go through. I'm thankful to say, um, thank you, Jesus, that he has um, been healed. Amen. He's not just clean, he's healed. And there's a big difference, and um, Amen. thankful for that. That's awesome. So tell us, where, where can we get your book? You can either go on my website, lisahire.com, okay. and there's a link there that shows you can get it at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, uh, some of the different avenues that you can get it from that yeah. way. Well, great. Fantastic. So will the new one, once it's out, will it be in the same place? It, yes. Right? Christian Faith Publishing okay. is who does this. And so yeah. their avenues to where they put it Very cool. should be the same. So. Very cool. Very cool. You'll want to pick up a copy of that, I'm sure. Thank you. We had a trivia question, Pat, this past week, and this is what our trivia question was. Kenya is known as the land of running. What is the number one religion of Kenya, and what percentage of people consider themselves that religion? Uh, and I thought this was a, a, a great story, because I didn't know this until I've, I've been talking with some ladies from Kenya about the possibility of running with us at, at our college. And um, Kenya is 85% Christian. Uh, about 11% Muslim is the second largest religion in, uh, in Kenya. And I, I was blown away by that. It didn't surprise me that they're majority Christian, but 85% is pretty high percentage. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's almost nine out of every 10 people. Mm -hmm. So um, Roman Catholicism was first brought to Kenya in the 15th century by the Portuguese. And then it went just in the 20th century, just went crazy with missionaries out in Kenya, just spreading the gospel. So if you're out there and you're wondering about our missionaries and whether our missionaries are doing good things and, and what's going on with our missionaries, here's, a, here's an example. Kenya was introduced to the gospel and like 100 years later, they're like the entire country is Christian, right? Uh, it's just incredible. Um, so the, the main 
Christian denominations in Kenya are Protestant confessions, which make up about 60% of the country's religious composition. And those include the Anglican Church of Kenya, Africa, Africa Inland Church, Full Gospel Churches of Kenya, and the Presbyterian, Reformed, Methodist, Baptist, Lutheran, and Salvation Army. Um, I didn't realize Salvation Army was was a was considered a denomination until I read this. Now it may not be. Please don't send me a bunch of emails going. That's not accurate. I don't know. I got this from Wikipedia. Okay, so uh, they are, I know they are notorious for for not being a hundred percent accurate, but it's pretty good. Uh, an estimate uh, of thirty to thirty five percent of Kenya's population are Pentecostals, which I found fascinating, and it makes Kenya. Uh, one of the most Pentecostal countries in the world, definitely in Africa, but in the entire world. And so, uh, yeah, if you're out there and you're you're Pentecostal and you like to you like to really get into worship, well, these folks in Kenya, there you, you'd be right at home. Kenya has by far the highest number of Quakers of any country in the world. Now, who in the world would have thought that? Um, there's 119,285 members of the Quakers in Kenya. So I assume that probably had something to do with this uh, bringing missionaries over. I would imagine that started with a bunch of Quaker missionaries and it just grew into a big community. The Roman Catholic Church makes up about 20.6% of the population, uh, which is about 9.7 million Kenyans. Um, and then, of course, there's some other statistically significant non-Catholic and non-Protestant movements, and those are the New Apostolic Church, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, Jehovah's Witnesses, United Pentecostal Church International, and Brahmanism. I'm not even sure what that, I'm not, I'm not sure. Or, or Bra, Bra, Branhamism, Branhamism, that's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> uh, there's a few other things out there. We've got some of those same, same things uh, in our country as well. Um, and the reason why there are so many, and, and it's becoming more and more, uh, I guess maybe this, uh, I hope it doesn't need into that 85% of the Christian population, um, but they have this uh, proposed law of right of worship. So that means a lot of other churches have gone in and gone. There's, yeah, everybody has a right to be free as far as their religious affiliation in, in Kenya. And so people are going in there and they're trying to create these big pockets of uh, because there's a need in Kenya. Let's face it, there is a there's a physical need in the, in the country of Kenya. It's much much poorer country than what we see every day. And so, well, you know how we are as Christians. We go in, we try to meet a need first, and then that leads to um, sharing Jesus and, and other things. And and that's that's how we we got into there to begin with. A 2015 study estimates that some seventy thousand Christian believers from a Muslim background, are now Christian. Um, so there is a, um, a, a big move towards, towards uh, talking with Muslims and getting them to, to see the Christian side of things. And so, uh, so yeah, that's, I thought that was interesting. Do you find that interesting? Very interesting. Did you know any of that? Not at all. Yeah. I, I would have missed that tremendously. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, being a runner, mm-hmm. my next thing was, what do you think my next thing was? Any idea? You want some Kenyans to come? Well, that for sure, <laughs> right. for sure, uh, because they're fast too. Right. Uh, so, but but other than that, I decided. I thought, 
Well, I wonder about Ethiopia. You know, Ethiopia is another country um, that, that churns out a lot of fast runners. Right. And so I thought, well, I wonder about Ethiopia. Well, Ethiopia is about 67% Christian. Hmm. So they're majority Christian, mm-hmm. but not nearly like Kenya is. So I'm pretty sure that's why that, that's terrible to say. It's why Kenya runs faster, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I'm we, sure. We probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, all right. So we are sponsored by J Radio, the world's greatest digital music platform. If you haven't checked it out, you've checked it out. We just got, kind of got you straightened out on yes. my app, right? So yes. You're, so you're, now I'm ready to go with it. Yeah. So go check out J Radio. If your teen is into rock and metal music that makes your ears bleed and your grandmother clutch her pearls, we can help. If your spouse yearns for music from the old days and wants to relive the music of their glory years, we can handle that. If you need a break from the day to spend time with God and recognize His goodness, we'd love to be a part of that. Whether it's rock and metal, classic songs from decades past, or heartfelt worship music, J-Radio has you covered. Sign up for an account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store to start listening for free today. All right, we are back. And as always, and as I always tell you, you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com um, and I will answer those. Now, sometimes I sometimes you, you can send me a message and I'll answer you in five minutes. And sometimes it's five days. So it just depends on what is going on at the time as to well, how fast I can get there. But I will get there. So uh, I, I apologize a lot to folks when it's several days later, but uh, but I try to get to everything that, that you inquire about. So um, Dean at runforgod.com. If you don't know about what the whole Run For God thing is, if you've just kind of, maybe you were trying to find a podcast to listen to and you love running and you're a Christian and you were trying to find and you just found this podcast, uh, well, go to runforgodrunclub.com and find out more about what Run Club is about because um, I think you're going to find out that we, it's a great group of folks. The, the, the Facebook page alone is worth the 27 cents a day that you pay to be a part of Run Club. So, And we want you to share your story because everybody has a story. Some people say, well, I don't really have a very interesting story. We all have a story that will impact somebody. And so we want you to share your story. And you can share your story on runforgodrunclub.com just like Lisa did. And she is going to uh, to share that with us in just a minute. So, um, again, if you want to share your story live, Lisa happens to live a half an hour away from here. So it was easy for her to get here. We've had some folks come from hours away right. even to come in the studio and share. We'd love to hear your story live. It's even more fun. And, you know, that way we can kick Mitchell out of the studio and we don't have to listen to him. <laughs> Should I say that out loud? He's probably listening to this. But that's okay, because he knows it, and uh, he's he's uh, he's glad to have a little bit of extra time to get some other things done right now. I am sure of it. So, but we're glad you're here, Lisa, because you're way more interesting than Mitchell is. Uh, so, I guess you've heard us talk over and over again about how everybody's testimony is important, um, but you're coming at it from a little bit different angle uh, mm-hmm. in this story. I really like it because. Uh, many people 
don't like this idea that they have a vanilla testimony. You know, we've talked about the vanilla testimony mm-hmm. several times. I'm sure that's where the, your idea came from for this. Um, and, and this is a whole different perspective on that. Because if you're out there and you're thinking, well, my, my testimony is not interesting. And rest assured, there are people out there who wish they had your testimony. And so that's kind of where we're headed with this. So um, all testimonies are definitely worth sharing. So we're going to hear from one right now that is definitely worth sharing. So, Lisa, take it away. Okay. Um, Yes, Dean, I kept hearing different things on podcasts, ones that would say, well, or in the Facebook post, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have any great testimony. I just love Jesus or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, mine's vanilla. How can I help somebody? And I kept hearing these things, and I think, oh, gosh, enjoy vanilla. Yeah. You know, Amen. it may seem like a simple flavor, but enjoy it. Right. Um, so I wrote this uh, shortly after that, vanilla and all other flavors. Oh, how I wish for the vanilla testimony sometimes, but then I would have missed knowing that God, the God I had only learned and heard about. Through not-so-vanilla testimonies, I found the God that provides, loves, strengthens, and so much more. I also found the one that punishes, disciplines, and yet loves me all the way through it. The one I had read about but finally got to know one-on-one. I had lived a very easy life, raised in church, and when I'll add... If the doors were open, we were there. Mm-hmm. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights. Um, I love. I was loved by friends and my family with several vanilla testimonies until my mid-40s. And when I say vanilla, I had definite testimonies, but they were just what people are calling vanilla. Mm-hmm. I referenced my life at that time as a bowl full of cherries, but I still <laughs> found the pit. <laughs> the pit of total heartache and despair. I had been writing newspaper articles for several years, which I call the Real Estate Connection, in addition to adding blogs as they became more popular, just to get positive word out about our communities, faith, and fun things along the way. I created my own website to share my story of the one I shared earlier about our son, Nathan, mm-hmm. um, and with encouraging words to go along with it. I wanted people to know there was hope, right? not to give up hope. Uh, so LisaHire.com was the website I created to write positive and uplifting thoughts and encourage our community to get involved. Also, in 2010, I participated in my first 5K in many years. I was a runner earlier in life and... Um, pretty good runner probably like dean has talked about in the past um but that was when i was young so when i had done a susan coleman 5k walk with some girlfriends along the way but this was one that some friends said okay let's go sign up and i was um ready to go but this was 30 to 40 years later so we get there and I see this funny stick man, and I'm thinking, I don't even know what this is about, but okay, so this will be fun. So um, we did the pinky run. It just happened to be a race with some funny-looking stick person, which turned out to be a Run for God race. I did it and had a blast, but still didn't take much of that to heart, except it was a fun race to participate in. 
This is one of those vanilla testimonies where God planted a seed in my heart to participate in these events, get me running again, and would lead me into what I can call becoming an athlete again. And then again in 2013, I did my first and only triathlon, which was the Run for God Try in Dalton. Mm -hmm. This would be the only one I did before doing the 70.3 Ironman six years later. Also, God planted the seed in that Run for God try that would become so much more of a testimony later. It's actually what led probably to the book I I wrote. Um, So I was becoming an athlete and an author at the same time. I wasn't an author until God placed it in my heart to sign up for the one and only so far 70.3 Ironman race. This is when I finally could identify as an athlete and an author to some. I use those words very loosely because both can sound professional, and in either case, I am not a professional. I'm just being used by God in a way that hopefully helps others in their journey through life, whether in a run or a ride or those dealing with the hard and ugly hardships caused by addictions or other strongholds. I'm an athlete because I run, cycle, and swim but not because I am good or professional or anywhere near it. I do these things that make me an athlete because it helps me and it allows me to help others that would like to try. If you listen to the Run for God podcast, my running abilities sit in between Dean and Gay. I love what they both bring to the table. Um, I've listened to Gay's podcast and she's talking about how she runs, Mm -hmm. but not to your speed. So right. I get something from both of y'all um, when I listen to that. As I said, I ran my first run for God after 30, 40 years of no running, and since then have taught a run for God 5K group in my community and plan to do it again. Maybe even the coach to marathon next year, even though I haven't run or know if I can run a marathon yet. Um, I will know in January at Disney. Also, I'm not a teacher, so anyone that wants to teach this can, and especially if God directs you to it. I've learned in the easy and hard testimonies that if God leads you to it, he will lead you through it. I share one of my testimonies in the book, Endurance Race of Life and Addiction, when God led me to sign up train for my first Ironman At the time, I didn't know he had a story I would write comparing the training for addiction endurance race to that of an addict training to be freed from addiction. I was 55 at the time of this race and had never done anything to this magnitude. As a matter of fact, the first half marathon I ever completed was in this race after the swim and cycling. Talking about stepping out in faith, Mm -hmm. I went all out, and I'm so thankful I did. This one step of faith and the faith that followed in writing a story I didn't know I would write is that I have been able to share my testimony with different groups since and help individuals that struggle with these same situations. Now to go further to how God plants seeds. Back in 2013, year three of my son's addiction, I felt led to write a title of a book, Scattered, Covered, and Yet, Scattered, Covered, and Yet, that's supposed to be scattered smothered and yet covered by the grace of god just the title not a book i had the title written in my notes since that time i just didn't have a book or know what was to be in that book until 2020 before when i began to write again 
All I could do during all those years between was survive and journal what I needed to get through. There was too much heartache, hurt, and yet not enough healing to write. In 2020, I sat down to write this book that is now almost complete at the publisher, Christian Faith Publishing. I don't know what will happen with this book and my story, but however God decides to use it and use me, I am ready. Everyone in this situation needs to know that there is heartache, there is hurting, but we have a God that heals and gives us just what we need each and every day. So if you have a vanilla testimony, praise God, but don't stop there. Dig deep in his word, know who he is, know his heart of love and walk closely with him and with those that walk closely with him. Someday vanilla can change flavors. Mm. And what you can hold and what you know can hold you up during the storms. And the one that walks with him can also hold you up as well as your biggest and best support. I have been scattered, smothered, and yet covered by the grace of God, and I thank God for it all. The good, the bad, and the ugly, because in it, I know the true God, the one and only. And if you think your testimony isn't worth sharing, I share the scripture 12, uh, Revelation twelve eleven says, and they overcame him, being Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Christ has already shed his blood. Now the only other portion of that is we need to share our testimonies. When I finished the last book, I experienced a few more testimonies that set me back. But I'm reminded God is faithful and maybe I can continue to experience these testimony opportunities because, for one, I am stubborn, stubborn and hard-headed, but also God knows I will share the good and the bad and the ugly when needed. Because if the word of my testimony helps one person, then it's worth sharing. Amen. Based on past experience and con- continual testimonies, I could be on Run for God Live on, with daily updates, but I'm learning hmm. uh, the hard way. Praise God for all as well. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, there's so many people out there, as we said before you started, that um, they're so worked up about the fact they don't have this crazy story. It's a blessing not to have a crazy story. Mm-hmm. It is a true blessing. And and if you're that person, understand there are other people out there that have that that story. And so there's other people out there that have your story. Right. Um, I'm, my story is more like, is more vanilla than yours is um it, you know the whole idea of getting hooked up with run for god is a big god story and all of that and there's a lot of a lot of stories in there but i didn't have a rough time growing up uh you know my mother and father that you know they loved me i was i had everything i needed i, I didn't i didn't struggle i just didn't never did my, i didn't none of my grandparents ever died none of my aunts or uncles ever died when i was young I, my my youth was just picture perfect a bowl of cherries like that. bowl of cherries. I yeah. thought I was in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but you share one thing in here that's uh, interesting. And I don't, folks on this podcast, if you listen to all of them, you've probably maybe heard a little bit of this story. But, you know, I did the Run for God try too after signing up for a, an Ironman triathlon, the full Ironman distance triathlon, and I hadn't done one. And uh, now I had run a marathon, so I had already done the. Di- I'd done each one of. The, well, I hadn't. Run, I hadn't swam two point four miles. That's for sure. Uh, but I done. All, but when I got to that run for God race, 
I remember getting halfway across the pool, and I was like, there's no way. There's no way I can swim 2.4 miles. There's just no way I can do it. So you must be a better swimmer than me because you never no, mentioned it. No, and that one, um, <laughs> actually, people were going by me. I ended up standing up going, okay, obviously, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was well. still uh, led by God to obviously think I could jump in that Tennessee River and, and swim. But if you did the, the, the half Ironman in Chattanooga, then you had to swim against the stream, right? For, For what, 200 or 400? Yes. Felt like forever. Felt like forever, <laughs> and I couldn't breathe. I couldn't settle my heart rate. And that jump in was one of the um, times where I thought of Nathan really? because he was about to come out of a rehab program. And wow. jumping into the dark and the unknown. And so that was one of those correlations. Wow. Then. Look at my goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You have some scripture, scripture passages here. And you mentioned the one in the story here. Revelation twelve eleven says, They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And we talk about all the time how Jesus overcomes the world, how he is the answer. Um, you know, he died and rose again so that we could live with God forever. And Jesus is the answer, and it's the, it's the basis of this entire verse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also saying, and this is something that we talk about in this podcast a lot, it's not saying they just believed something, right? It's saying they did something, Um that they, they, they took the knowledge that they had, that relationship that they had, the understanding that they had, and they did something with it. They, they did something that supported their belief. Um, and, and, and they did so much and went so far with what they were doing that it didn't matter if their lives were in danger to mm-hmm. do those things. Uh, and today, a lot of times, we have a lot of folks who like to talk about what they believe. Well, belief is important. That's the beginning. But it's only the beginning, right? People need to know experiences. They need to see it. Mm -hmm. And you think of this, all the people, the missionaries in the early times that went to Kenya. Yeah. I mean, if they weren't going to share testimonies in their word and their faith. Yeah. What good, you know, I might know Jesus, but you wouldn't know Jesus. Right, right. And those early ones probably probably were in hostile territory, oh, right? right? Now it's probably not a big deal for a missionary to go to Kenya because 85% of the country is Christian, but it may have been. And there are places in the world now. Sure. Right? Um, you, you don't want to, if you go to China as a missionary, you, you've got to be, I've talked with, you got to be really careful mm-hmm. about what you do and how you do it there. So, um, yeah. So I think about it from a running standpoint. Sometimes, you know, we're, we're faced uh, with a choice. Do we run or do we not run? And and this is what drives this is what drives me. It's what drives a lot of people. Of course, I just love running, but a lot of times, if I'm if I really really just don't want to get out the door, what I think about is race day, or I think about I'm training for something in particular, and that kind of makes me do it, right? Because I I believe in what I'm doing to get to that finish line of whatever it is I'm training for. All those times I went to the pool when I was training for that Ironman triathlon, I, I guarantee you there wasn't a single time I ever went to that pool because I wanted to. Right. <laughs> I went there because, because you had I to. had to in order to reach the goal. 
So how much more should we believe in what God is doing in our lives and not just have to share that, but but want to and get share that. to and get to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because the payoff in the end is so, so grand. Why wouldn't we want other people there with us? Right. right? Scripture passage two, Hebrews 12, one through three. We've heard this one a lot. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with it perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I like the idea that you include verse 3 here because we often hear verses. We hear verse 1 all the time. Sometimes we hear verse 1 and 2, and you've included all three verses. The, the, third, the, the third verse is, is important. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting inclusion there. Um, and the context here of this verse is chapter 11, right? This is the beginning of chapter 12, and they're talking about chapter 11, where he goes through the, the heroes of, of the faith, faith is what we always call them, um, and, and that we're to look toward God just as they did, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what they were doing. That's what Abraham did. That's what Moses did, that they all looked toward God. Um, of course, this time it's Jesus that we're to look towards. Um, but that's a, a good a good verse because it says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary. It's hard, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot the reason why all of those experiences in the Bible, I think, are there, all of those negative experiences, the reason they're all there, well, it's so we can look back at it and go, look. Look what the Israelites went through. Mm-hmm. Look what Abraham went through. Look look what all of these people went through. What I'm going through? Good heavens, I've got air conditioning. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? That's uh, nothing compared with the, a guy who God gave the instruction to said, I want you to go in this direction. I'm not telling you where you're going. I'm not telling you what you're doing. I'm just going to tell you to go in this direction. And we fuss because we've... I don't know, because we need to share our testimony at church, whatever. Right. Right. Well, and I think in this, too, I see that it's good to look at the opposition from sinners Mm -hmm. in the aspect, if everything's easy and good and we have none of that, we don't question anything. We just accept it as so. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when we endure those, we have to dig a little bit more. We have to know what we think we know. That's right. And so... It's a lot like I wrote a story, and I think I may have shared it on this podcast about that they had a they did this bio, had this biodome where they they grew stuff in this biodome and they grew a tree in this biodome, and then the tree fell over. It just fell over like it was standing one day and the next day it was on the ground. Well, they found out the reason why it fell over is because there was no wind in this biodome, and what wind does is wind strengthens your root system. Because as that thing sways, those roots dig in a little bit deeper and they get a better, firmer grip. Well, because there was no wind, no resistance, the tree couldn't grow properly. It's the same way for us, right? It is. I actually sent a text to somebody I know that's struggling right now. 
And I said, broken turns into beautiful. Amen. We have to be broken. Amen. To Amen. see everything inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think about all the faith, all the, all the opposition that they faced, the opposition that Jesus faced, for that, for that matter. And then we're surprised by opposition. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scripture passage number three, Romans twelve two. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I like the way this verse goes with the one before it. Um. And if I can share just a second there, that is a scripture that since the beginning of this, before the beginning of what I call my story, um, my son, as a crazy teenager, came home from a beach trip with Don't Conform to the Ways of the World tattooed on his, um, across his ribs. And when he showed it to me, for one I didn't like the fact that he had a tattoo, but my first response is, oh, so you had scripture tattooed on you. Yeah. And he said, no, this isn't scripture. It's, um, oh gosh, I can't remember who sang the song. I didn't realize it was a song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I went, oh no, that's scripture. And it came way before that person was ever in this world. And he denied it for a long time. And I remember telling him when he was going through this, I said, one day that will be your testimony. And um, you've got it tattooed on you and ready to show. So anyway, that's why that scripture, and he did conform to the world. um, But he's been transformed. Transformed now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's a lot of pressure these days, especially on on young folks, to conform with the world. Because back in our day, you and I are at least fairly close to the right. same age. Back in our day, you saw people for who they were. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of saw, you know, were, were there secrets? Did people keep secrets and things like that? Sure, they did. But today, what you see from people is their highlight reel. That's yeah. all you see. You, you see what they want you to see. That's exactly right. But back in our day, you got you saw a lot more of the dirt, right? Mm-hmm. You saw a lot more of the ordinary. Right. And we don't see as much of that today mm-hmm. because we're focused so much on screens. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, and maybe it's because of my age. I, I don't understand the personal, the social media obsession with people who can't put down Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and all those things. I don't get it. And it's, it's funny because, you know, I coach a, a college team, a bunch of college women, and I can see the difference in the way kids were brought up watching them Mm -hmm. because i have some who are they on their phone they're all on their phone at some point in time i'm on my phone a lot but you can tell the ones who were brought up having discussions around the dinner table and the ones that weren't Mm -hmm. because the ones that were having discussions around the dinner dinner table when everybody's sitting around they've all got their phone sitting on the table face down you've got some that, that just they can't stand it they've got to pick it up even though there's people around and we're talking, if there's a dead space at all, they pick it up and they start to look at it. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a crutch. It's like mm-hmm. something we go to. It's an addiction. It's an addiction. It's, a, it's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The people that, um, when I did the Run for God 
and a Daniel plan um, activity at the church, I asked, you know, who says they don't have enough time to do this? You know, a lot say, no. I said, well, then there's a place on your phone and pull it down and look how much time you're spending on Facebook Mm -hmm. and Instagram and all these others. You may find you're wasting a lot of time there when you can work on yourself and be outdoors or focusing on that. So for sure and we you know we all have something mine's not social media but i have other problems oh, right you know my, absolutely. my my one of my biggest problems is as soon as i read something that i don't like i fire off an email to somebody that's my that's my almost it's almost like therapy for me right. you know and I, it's, a lot of times it has to do with politics and stuff like that and i i should calm down a little bit with some of that um, probably have calmed down over the years um so I've got that pack mentality. Well, that pack mentality is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to look at that and go, well, that's not nearly as bad as these ladies who are obsessed with their social media. Well, you know what? Sometimes it's worse. Because how many times, if you're online, do you get on a chat board, even if you're not chatting, but you're reading mm-hmm. comments, you, your blood, you, mm-hmm. your blood pressure goes up. You start And you start to, you know... And you can't put it down. And, and sometimes that's the thing that gets me is I, I, I want to chime in. And I always have to stop myself and go, no, no, you're not going to add anything to this conversation. Right. Just shut up. Yeah. Just keep it to yourself. Um, but so that's, that's my thing. Um, but I tell you what else this all leads to. We had a situation recently where a group that I, I'm a part of, I, w- I don't want to say who it was and what it was, but a group that I'm a part of, um, all kind of got embroiled in this little thing. Nobody did anything wrong. It was just they got in the middle of this thing, and so they had to they had to answer some questions about what they were what they were doing. Well, you know what happened? They were all worried about getting somebody else in trouble over something. There wasn't anything to get in trouble over, but they were still concerned about others, right? And so they answered all these questions in kind of a almost like a cloaked way and they didn't they didn't they weren't very specific and and so they were like they were trying to cover for their friends well you know what wound up happening the penalty for for and what they had to endure was far worse because they were trying to cover things up than it would have been if they just said here's what it is here's what's going on and here's the the unvarnished truth um we do that all the time Mm -hmm. we make things worse because we we're just convinced we're helping the situation, and we're not helping the situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's frustrating. Um, of course, back, back, kind of back to this verse. The maybe the most important thing about this verse is that second part. Um, we can't know what God's will is if we're wrapped around all of those things of the world. Right? Mm-hmm. In order for us to see God's will, we have to come unraveled mm-hmm. from our social media, from our chat boards or you know or message boards or, or whatever um, we can participate in some of those things that's okay I love you know the let's run the let's run has their message board it's a the world famous message board as they call it I love to get on there and I love to read the comments and it's okay for me to participate in that some um, but in the end our focus has to be different mm-hmm. than those things and so um, and Frankly, one of the things that I see in a lot of cases these days is our churches mm-hmm. conforming to the world. Right. Um, 
again, is it okay for us to do things that draw kids, for example? Is it okay for us to draw in kids in a way, you know, our church just purchased one of those big blow-up things, right? Is it okay for us to have that so that we have something for kids to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with that at all. But if we're not taking the time to tell them about Jesus while we have them there, then shame on us. Mm-hmm. And so often we're all about the performance of getting folks there that the message isn't as important and isn't front and center like it needs to be. Right. You agree with that? I do. I've read some different things, but we're not supposed to go to church to be entertained. And I think that's where I've heard different ones say, well, I don't like that church because the music or the this or, you know, I'm not fed when I hear him speak or her speak or whatever. And, And my thing is we're the church. Yeah. We're to be going. And what are we doing? Yeah. You know, what are we showing and giving our whatever i remember thinking i had no spiritual gift someday when i get to heaven i'll be able to sing but i can't (laughs) right now um so i never thought i had a spiritual gift until i was asked to be on the woman's committee which is so far against what i normally do i would rather be outside playing than on some (laughs) committee like that but found out that organization they needed somebody, and I have that gift of of organization and discernment and some of that that yeah. um, doesn't always sound as fun as if I could sing or something like that, but it's what I've been given, and so I've got to give those gifts. So the church isn't to entertain us. It's what we do for yeah. for our people. Yeah, 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 that's for sure. That's that's a good, good thought. Question for number one. Do you ever consider the trials you have gone through as a way God as a way God uses you to help others? I mean, that's for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when we go and we look at the best advocates for any situation, whether it comes to addiction, like your your son has gone through, or whatever it is, the, who are the best advocates? Well, they're the ones that have been through it, right? right? And so God puts us through these trials or allows us to go through trials, I should say. And I, I think he allows that a lot of times for that express purpose oh, of I, helping others. I think so very much. I think because I made my experience pretty open from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, I was having phone calls and texts from other mothers in the community going, my son's doing this or my daughter and what do I do and how do I get them help and Mm -hmm. so you know just opening up allowed others that were suffering and struggling that had no clue and were too either ashamed or whatever to ask somebody we see that all the time Mm -hmm. people uh, that that feel bad about something so they don't they don't even ask questions and don't yeah they think they're the only ones struggling with it and so that is satan mm-hmm. that is satan just getting all over us when that happens when yes, we when we're so scared to share something mm-hmm. that we know in our heart very often those people knew they knew it in their heart i, I need to talk to somebody about this i don't know who to talk to and then boom there you show up and right. and you're that person for them to talk to so no no coincidence is there right right um yeah i think sometimes it's as simple as uh, when things are tough, I can look at somebody else who's going through something tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, my 
stepson right now, um, all of a sudden his life changed. He went from being, you know, relatively normal person, doing normal things, going to work, doing his stuff, to the next day he couldn't walk. And to, and to this day, he can't walk now. This is all brand new to him. Um, and I'll complain because I go out to run and it's hot outside. It's like, you know, Daniel would love to be able to be out here in this heat running or walking for that matter, just being able to go from one place to the next. I think God puts a lot of that stuff out there because he wants us to understand that um, we've got it pretty good. Even at times when we complain and we whine, we've got it pretty good. Mm -hmm. And we've got him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, Mitchell taught, he told that story here in a, a few podcasts ago and I, I'm the, his name is escaping me right now. Um, but the guy who had no legs and he was in the triathlon, right. and he ran by somebody who was really, really struggling. And he said, yeah, he said, I would have dropped out by now, but there's a guy out here with no arm or no legs running. How can I drop out? Right. You know, that's, I, mm-hmm. I, I love that. The whole metaphor behind all of that. Cause it's, it's, it's so true. Uh, com- Comparison is just a bad thing mm-hmm. um, a lot of times. Uh, it, it's a bad thing to compare ourselves on social media. But then we get these other areas where comparison is actually a good thing, mm-hmm. right? It can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. We just have to keep it all in context. Um, know who we're comparing to and why. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And our standard is Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, uh, that's, 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 that's what we're aim, aiming towards. We use these other situations to help get us there. Um, All right, question number two. What is God asking you to do that you don't think you can do or want to do? (laughs) It may be that half marathon or marathon for a lot of people listening. For you, you're going to try your first marathon in, in January? Right. I'm I'm working toward it. Right. If uh, and that truly is God willing and my body holds together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, that's in this case, um I think um God will put, he puts this on on my heart from time to time. He wants us to apologize to somebody who we don't want to apologize to. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing that God seems to ask me to do all the time, right? And, and I know why. It's because I'm so, um, sometimes, I'm just, sometimes I'm just a little too big for my britches, to use the southern term. Right. Um, and, and I need that. I need to be knocked down a peg. And so um, very often that's, that's, that's what he does is he, he, he almost forces me to mm-hmm. go out there and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said this. And um I shared a story on here not long ago where I, I get so passionate about stuff and I was running by somebody and their dogs kind of almost attacked me and um, and, I tur- and I said something I shouldn't have said and then I had to turn around, run back and go, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said what I said. Uh, anyway, um, I had this situation here this week, just this week. I, I've, got, I've got a deadline to get something done before the end of this month that is daunting. It is, it is a lot of work. And frankly, with 10 days left in the month, I thought, I don't see how I'm going to be able to get this done. I just, there's just no way. I mean, I, I all but given up the idea of getting done what I had to get done. And then 
Um, we feed kids at a local elementary school. Um, and, and so we pack these meals for them, and we, it takes a lot of time and effort to do this. That comes up. It's time to do that at the same time that I've got all this other stuff going. I'm coaching two teams. I got, we're, we're, we're trying to do podcasts, and we're trying to do all of these things, but I've got this other thing that's completely separated that I need to get done that is going to be hours and hours and hours of work. How am I going to get it done? There's just no way, right? I, I just don't have time. And then God steps in. And right now, my cross-country team, the college cross-country team, is quarantined because they were all exposed to COVID. And so we're not having practice. Boom. Boom. You've got there's your a, answer. There's an extra two <laughs> hours a day that I didn't, didn't think I had. Right. And I just can't help but giggle at that going, it's a terrible thing that we're having to go through that and, and all of that. And it's it's not good. But there, there's a few stories out of that that have been good things. And uh, and that's just one of them. It's just it's it's funny the way um, God will do things that we don't like. Um, but in the end, there's a good reason for mm-hmm. those things, I think. Yeah. Um, and then I think we probably all had something that we'd like to do, but we think it's too big, right? <laughs> and I think in this, this is one of those cases where it wasn't necessarily that the task was too big. It was too big for the time period I had. And um, the thing is, is we think, of it, we think that, and we're, what we're saying is it's too big for God. Right. Well, how crazy is that? Or we don't that? even put him into the equation. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, if God wants me to get it done, I'll get it done. Yes, because He will provide a way. He will. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's funny. Funny how things. I've work. had that happen because I don't naturally want to sit and write because I'm more naturally want to be out and doing something. Mm-hmm. And when I have this, just knowing, knowing He's telling me to sit and do it, and I don't. Yeah. It's when I get hurt, and He puts me on my couch. I get sick. And I'm sitting there, and it's like, okay, yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah, I, I find that to be true. That if you if you'll do things where you're almost wishing you didn't have things to do, God will make it where you don't have things to do, or He you can't will do, do things. it. Yeah, and He's found that the way to get to me is get me off my feet. Yeah, and yeah. He does. <laughs> uh, that leads us to our last question, which is, how can you step out in faith and trust God? And just like in that first verse of Scripture, I like this question because it implies action. Mm-hmm. You have to do yes. something. Um, sitting on the sidelines is never the answer to anything. I, the, same, the same group I was just talking about, about feeding these kids, I remember when this all came up. My wife and I, we went to this meeting, and in the meeting they said, there are people in your community, kids in your community, who go the entire weekend without eating at all, nothing, zero, nothing to eat for the entire weekend. And my wife and I looked at each other and we're like, well, that can't happen. Not in our community. We can't allow that to happen. And so we formed this, this group and that's what we do. We, we, we send kids home with food for the weekend every week. Well, I remember bringing that before the church. And I said, you know, this is this is what we'd like to do, and, and we'd like to form this, and we'd like to do this. And 
somebody said, well, you know, how long do you think that's going to take? And we're like, well, we could probably be doing it, you know, in four to six weeks. And one of the guys in the church, older fella, who I respect very much, he just matter-of-factly said, why don't we start next week? And it was like, it hit me. It was like, here I am. I'm trying to make all these big plans. This is pretty simple. Just dadgum do it. Just, just do, it. do it. And so that next week, we did it. Mm-hmm. We, and, we, and we've been doing it now for seven years, yeah. ever since we started. And all it took was getting off the sidelines and somebody going, you know what? Let's just do it. And, we, and we did it. And God has provided. I, I have no idea how the bank account. We've got enough money in the bank account to cover all this stuff every time we need it. I don't have, I have any idea how this bank account sustains itself. I honestly don't. But it's always there. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's just incredible. Right. I write in the book several times when it gets hard or when I think that I can't or I should or whatever, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it happens. It works. And that's what I try to tell folks when it comes to running. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so many people are like, well, I'm not I'm not motivated or I'm not this or I'm not that. Just do it. Yeah. Don't don't wait for yourself to get motivated. Just do it. And you'll find out you're going to be you're fine. Yeah, faith and a feeling. Yeah, and either is running. A lot of times you got to just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes we have to do it when we don't want to. Right. And uh, especially when you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. But I always find sometimes those are those are some really good runs. Sometimes. Usually the best. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something that we did when we. You know, you 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 asked the question here. How can you step out on faith and trust God? It's when when we changed. Run for God started, and everybody know probably knows the story of Run for God and how Run for God got started. But there was a point in the middle of the whole Run for God thing that 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 we changed it, and that's because when we first started Run for God, it was basically a discipleship program for folks who were already in the church because that's who it was written for mm-hmm. originally. But then the realization set in that well, there's people coming in these classes who are not saved, who don't know who Jesus is, who don't have a relationship with Christ, and so we need to share Christ. Make sure that we do that during this 12-week period, and that's why weeks nine and ten were added to the program later. Um, that's kind of what we did then, right? Mm-hmm. Because our thought was, well, if we start really getting bold about sharing Jesus, we're going to get some pushback. People are going to, people, you know, people are going to fire back at us you know how much pushback we've had zero none nada because i think we we pushed out we pushed against that thought and going doesn't matter the right thing to do the thing god would want us to do the thing god does want us to do is he wants us to share the story of jesus he wants people to come to a saving knowledge of him that's what this is all about and so that's what we need to do and ever since then it's been great Mm -hmm. you know we start we we changed the way we do uh, the, the run club was a whole new thing for Run for God. Well, how did that happen? Well, we just we thought about it and we talked about it. And then the whole pandemic hit. And we're doing podcasts in my church because we can't come here to the studio to do them because we just had to figure out a way to make it work and get through it. And now I think we've I, I think we've found the thing and I think God led us right to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and without the pandemic you wouldn't be here we may not be right and 
not that it's a positive thing that we had the pandemic, but there have been a lot of blessings that's come through it. Well, and I think the thing is, is that people make excuses. Well, we have a pandemic. We can't do anything. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, there's something to do. God's got something for us to do all the time. time. It doesn't matter what else is going on around us. It doesn't matter how helpless we feel and how we feel like there's there's really no direction for me to go. There's a direction, Mm -hmm. and God's got the answer for that direction. Um, if we've got our ear to it and we can figure it out, right? So, yeah. So when there were a lot of a lot of businesses that were closing their doors mm-hmm. during the whole during the pandemic, especially the early days of the pandemic, and uh, and we were we began to flourish at mm-hmm. that point. And so, uh, yeah, God is so awesome, isn't he? Mm-hmm. While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, so we're back with Lisa Heyer, and she has shared her story. What a great story. And uh, But you ran cross-country. You mentioned you ran cross-country in high school at Lafayette at High Lafayette. School, right? Yeah. Um, do you get to any of the meets these days? Actually, we do. We're following a young man that's um, running in Lafayette. Tucker Henderson. I don't know if you. Oh, I know him. You know him. He's name. fast. I know him. Yeah. If he's fast, I probably know him. I figured so. <laughs> so we enjoy seeing him. And um, my husband was over in Dalton or wherever the last big meet was yeah. that he won. Um, Rocky Face? Yes, I yeah. believe so. Okay. so. Yeah, we do. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you know this. You and I finished the same place. You said you finished second in your region meet. Right. I finished second in my region meet my senior year. Um, was What's interesting about my high school career was that I won three state championships, but only one region championship. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was second. There was some, I don't know who she was, but some long-legged Calhoun girl in front of me. And she's the only one in our region I couldn't catch. But, um. uh, well, you know, Lafayette is in Cahalla Creek's region, who I, I help to coach. Right. And so, um, yeah, we're always... So, so Tucker, Patton Rector, who's the number one runner at at uh, Cahulla Creek, is talks about Tucker all the time. I bet. Yeah, I bet. He's he's after him. Yes. So, uh, which is good. good it is good. good you need that. Yep. I needed that Calhoun girl in front of me to yeah, for keep sure. pushing. For sure. So, uh, we have a hard time these days. I don't know if you've noticed, but cross country teams in general are smaller than they were when mm-hmm. you and I were were, were running. Why do you think that is? Do you think kids are too distracted to be runners? Too much going on? What do you think it is? I do think it's too much distraction um, and not enough. And when I say this, I have to be careful. Discipline that they have on themselves. Yeah. Um, It's easy, I think, for the younger kids now to go, well, that wasn't fun or that was hard. That's true. We were used to hard, played hard ran hard and if the coach told us to do it and my cross-country coach from then in his mid-70s now I actually met him in the battlefield last week or before he was riding his bike and we ended up riding together and and talking and 
one of the things he said, you know, I was one of those, and probably you were too. You didn't have to be coached. Yeah, yeah. If you were given something, you just, just did it. it. You were going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think you're still getting those kids. Are yeah. you getting the ones that need to be coached and pushed and prodded, um, or are they just yeah not wanting to do it? Yeah, I think the idea of delayed gratification mm-hmm. is something that kids don't like. And it's because we can pick up our phone. and we, You know, I remember a time when if you wanted to know something, you had to go to the library to find out. Oh, yeah. Right? And yeah. now it's it's in our pocket. It's instant. Yeah. Instant. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, delayed gratification, is it, that's a running thing, right. period. You, you, can't, you can't decide to run today and be good tomorrow. It right. doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. And so uh, that's, I think that's part of it. So was your son a cross country runner? No, he didn't run. He did not okay. run. Actually, about the he did start to run, and then he had some stress fractures. Oh, bless but him. then the the addiction started. So he that, never, yeah, never took that opportunity. Yeah, and he's not a runner now. He's a climber, and that's um, cool. he's real into the outdoors. But running's not one of them. Well, that's and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I've always said um, I love running. But I completely understand those who don't. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. It is time for Dean's Thoughts. And that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. So what is your limiting factor in running? In other words, what hurts the most and is the first thing that makes you slow down? Think about that for just a second. What is that thing? And I'm going to share a story called Running With Your Brain. What is the source of your limitations as a runner? Is it your respiratory system? Do you feel like your lungs are going to explode when you race? Or maybe it's in the muscle. You go as hard as you can, but there's a point where your legs just won't go anymore. Do you feel like you can go a little faster if you could only be disciplined enough to eat well? Could it be those extra few pounds hanging on your frame? The most recent research tells us that, more than likely, your limitations are found in none of these things. It's in your head. (laughs) What? More and more, research is telling us that our brain limits our running performance as much as any other factor. Oh, you want examples? Have you ever been running and struggling until you saw someone you knew? Maybe they called your name, or maybe it was just a surprise, but somehow you suddenly felt better. Well, what changed? Your mind. Why do some people run better with music in their ears? It takes their mind off the discomfort. Why are there others who are distracted and cannot run as well with music? Why? Because it takes their mind off the task at hand and they prefer complete focus. So why does our brain and the way we think change the way we run? Our bodies are amazing machines. The most intricate and powerful computer in the world has nothing on the abilities of our bodies. We are equipped with safety mechanisms that tell our brain what is coming. The reason we have to slow down when we run hard is because our brain is telling us that if we keep up this pace, we're not going to make it to the end. When our body temperature rises, our bodies begin taking precautions. When it thinks it's in danger, it signals us to stop whatever is putting it in jeopardy. But... The brain is, an, is overly cautious. The truth is that most of us can go faster and harder. 
For proof that the body is capable of much more than we ask it to do, consider the case of the 100-pound woman who lifts the car off her child in an accident. In the case of a, a... in the case of an adrenaline rush, the safety mechanisms of our brain are short-circuited and we're able to reach our full potential strength. We know this from the investigation of a bus accident in which passengers drowned because they couldn't get out of the bus. They found that many of the passengers had ripped the tendons apart in their fingers trying to get the windows of the bus to open. It's good that our bodies have safety mechanisms in place. But the brain is smart. It doesn't wait until danger is imminent before telling us the threat is on the horizon. The best runners in the world are able to manipulate their brains to enable them to endure the pain that inevitably comes from the signals telling them to slow down. It was a famous cyclist, it was a famous cyclist, Jens Voigt, who coined the term, shut up legs. A reporter asked him how he made it through a tough stage in the middle of the Tour de France, and he told him that he just keeps using that phrase during the race to endure the pain that he is facing. Although it's not easy, it is simple. Without some catastrophic event, we cannot reach the limits of our strength. It is impossible. That means that we always have at least a little more in the tank. My best personal example came a few years ago in San Francisco in a cross-country race. It was a 10K event with hundreds of participants. (coughs) The finish of the race was on a dirt horse track surrounding a polo field. Well, most tracks are 400 meters, and I'm used to running on those tracks. But this one was three times the size of a normal track. It was still oval and in roughly the same proportions as a running track. So when I came around the last turn and into the last straightaway, my brain told me I had 100 meters to go and I needed to go into full sprint mode to the finish. Only I didn't have 100 meters to go. I still had over 300 meters to go. Of course, I realized it after that first 100, but it was too late. I had committed myself to the finish line. I was passing other runners But I was about to run out of gas until I saw a sign. In this race, we had to wear the number signifying our age group on the back of our jerseys. Up ahead, I saw three guys with a 50 on their back. That was my age group. I had to catch them. Somehow, I was able to get up the energy to pick up the pace one more notch in an attempt to catch them. My brain said no. But my desire to catch them overrode the the signals my brain was sending. I never thought I would make it without slowing down, but I did. The next time you think you need to slow down in a race, think about saying, shut up legs and keep running hard. These amazing machines we inhabit were designed by the one and only true God. The more we know about how our bodies work, the more amazing it seems. But it gets even better than that. When you realize that the Bible tells us that even the hairs on our heads are numbered by God, it really puts his omnipotence into a clearer focus. Of the over 7 billion people on earth, God knows your thoughts and everything about you. His grace has made it possible for us to be with him forever, too. I hope you have a close personal relationship with him. If you don't, find him today. He wants that relationship. He's just waiting patiently for you. Oh, there's so much more there. You know, um, as a coach, I, I, I see so many athletes that have so much potential. And I know 
that they have so much potential. But until they find that realization, until they can figure out how to tell their brain what to do instead of letting their brain tell them what to do, you just can't get through. Mm-mm. You see them like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, very much so. <coughs> it's frustrating as mm-hmm. a coach to know that you've got this athlete who could do so much and do so well. And in their mind, they think, I- I'm doing all I can. But, they're, but you know but they're, they're not. they're not, right. You know they're not. And it's, ah. They just got to figure out how to hack their brain. That's the word we use these days, right? We've got to hack our brain. Yeah. That's really kind of what it is. And then you got some kids who have this innate ability to do it. You know, they're just born that way. Mm -hmm. I was one of those kids. I I had that, my my desire to run, to do as well as I could, just overrode overrode everything else. It didn't matter how bad it hurt. but most aren't that way. But most folks aren't that way. As mm-hmm. soon as folks get uncomfortable, as soon as mm-hmm. it starts to hurt a little bit, they start to back off. Um, and they're convinced they, they can't. Mm-hmm. They can't do anymore. Well, you can find that kid who has that innate ability and the talent, watch out. Right. That's when you, that's when you got something, right? Um, so do you have a story like this where you found energy you didn't know you had at some point in time in your life? Uh, Well, many times throughout my life, but in a funny situation was in that first pinky run. I had not trained. I hadn't even thought of running at all. And but in my head, in my mind, I always thought I'd always go run two or three miles because I was previously a runner. Right. Yeah. It didn't matter. I was in my 40s in Hatton for many years (laughs) and the other girls had been training. So they have the night of the race and we go and and i ran and i caught up with the one that had been training she's like this is not right <laughs> you haven't done anything and i finished the race with her yeah the difference is she could walk the next day <laughs> i couldn't <laughs> so i did use mind over uh, body in that situation yeah. i knew i could i just didn't know how i'd feel the next day and i could not walk for two or three days and then all that talking your body was trying to do to you while you were running that you weren't listening to yeah it got a lot louder the next day oh <laughs> i felt everything it wanted to tell me that next day she could walk uh, i could not I, I, I remember that day in san francisco and I know the way that I describe it, it sounds dramatic, and it's like, yeah, but I'm going to tell you, it was even more dramatic that day. I mean, I really, re- this was a, a real thing where I really thought, I don't know if I'm going to make it. to. The- I've never had that thought in my life, but because I just, I started hammering it so hard, so quick, and it's, I don't know if it's a pride thing or what it is, it just, it, there's no, there's no choice to back down. Once you're, at, pride. once you're there, it's, you, <laughs> yeah, you've got to keep you got this to going. Do it. Yeah. And um, I, I've always said this, and this is what I tell kids. I said, you don't save your energy for the finish. You find energy at the finish. And it's the same way kind of in our faith, too, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, we, don't, we don't save up and we don't, you know, we don't plan for. Sometimes we plan. Planning is important. But God's going to give us what we need. If God has... We don't have to wait and yeah, store it up. That's right. If God has us has something planned for us, and it's clear that he's got that plan for us, he's going to give us what we need. Mm-hmm. It may be last second, mm-hmm. but he's going to give it to us, right? For sure. Every time.
If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, we're back. And you just listened to a, a commercial about becoming a coach. Now, we need you. We've talked about this coaching the couch to marathon challenge. Challenge. We, we're challenging you. You need to become part of the Couch to Marathon program in 2022. If you're listening to this, you're a candidate, period. If you, if you have any interest and you've listened this far, there's no way you're not a candidate. Don't feed me a line about how I'm not, I'm not a big-time runner, I don't know that much, or maybe I, I, I'm scared of getting in front of people and teaching. None of that matters. You can do it. It's, we've made it easy for you, too. So we're creating videos. Basically, all you got to do is gather a bunch of people together and say, watch this, and put and, and show a video. I mean, it can't get any easier than that. And so you need to become part of that group today that coaches the Couch to Marathon plan next year. So jump on board. Go to runforgodrunclub.com and find out more about how to become a coach. And uh, you will not be sorry you did. All right, so uh, we have a, 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 a controversy alert here. I'm going to talk about something, not maybe for the reason why some people think I'm going to talk about it, but I really want to make a point in the end. And so I want to I talk about this a little bit. Um, there's a little bit of controversy about DSD athletes. Are you familiar with that term at all, the DSD athletes? Very limited, but yes. They're, they're, these are athletes. They're, they're born with XY chromosomes, um, but... They physically are part female and part male, right? Um, and so it's a very odd thing that happens to, you know, not very many people, but it, but it happens. Um, Castor Semenya was somebody who we t- they, was talked about for several years about how it wasn't fair because Castor Semenya's testosterone level was so high um, that it, she just crushed everybody in the 800 meters for years. Um, we had some 800 meter runners in the United States that were always second and third because she was old. She won everything. Um, she, all three of the Rio Olympic medalists were these DSD athletes in the 800. Mm-hmm. And so they they looked at that and they thought, okay, this can't be coincidence. There has to be a, a competitive advantage to to having this condition. And so it's really not fair to uh, to. For, for for somebody born with the two X chromosomes to have to deal with this. And so they made a rule. And they basically said, you can't run in the, the any races, um, excuse me, uh, from 400 meters up to 1,500 meters. That you can't run any of it because it, that seemed to be where these folks were showing up and they seemed to have this big advantage. And so... Um, 
there there is another rule that says they're allowed if they can sus- suppress their testosterone levels to a low enough level that they can compete. That's really really hard to do. Obviously involves doing a lot of stuff that probably isn't even necessarily healthy right. for them. So um, so anyway, the study showed conclusively that they had an advantages in, in those distances. And now there's some sprinters with the same condition. And now a couple of those folks are really starting to dominate these sprints. And so they're going to have to go back and probably look and research a little bit more and figure out what's going on there. And I bring all that up for this reason, not for the controversy. I don't want to get involved in controversy. I don't want any emails or anything about the controversy surrounding all of this. But I feel so bad for the athletes that are in the middle of this. They didn't ask for any of this. Now, they chose to compete, so they put themselves in the middle of it. I I get all that, okay? I completely get all that. But they've become like pawns in a game. And we have to be so careful of doing that kind of thing when it comes to anybody, right? Whether whether it's their faith. It's whatever it is. We, God tells us something very, very clearly in the Bible. And that is that we are to love everybody. 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 That person you don't like that you're thinking about right now, that person too. <laughs> everybody. Um, you know, in this case, I'm not saying that these folks, should, that, that they should get to run. I, I don't know the answer to that question. That's something for other people way smarter than me. But I tell you what we do have to do. We have to embrace them as people. We have to love them. Um, they may not be able to continue doing what they're doing, but we should, uh, we should love them as people. Um, and so this is just, it's become so public and it's become, it's another one of these things we talked about social media earlier and people on message boards and things. And they say some really, really ugly things about these people. Well, these are human beings, regardless of what you think and regardless of whether you think they should be competing or whatever. Um, this is, and this is. This is different than the transgender thing, too. Understand that. This I should have said that out front. This is not the transgender issue. I'm not talking about that at all. This is completely different from that one. Uh, or at least it's mostly different. But don't you feel bad for these athletes and what they're going through? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's These people, were they were literally born that way, not in the way that we hear people talk about being born a certain way. They were literally born that way. Um, And I can't help but think that God has a plan for those people too. And I wonder if there's something in going through all of this that God has some big plan worked out. Well, we're going to, we're going to learn something soon from all of these people, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, All right. We have a trivia question for this week. And it is this. 1988 marked the first year the Olympics would have been would have a woman's marathon. We all know that Joan Benoit Samuelson, also known as Joni, um, won that race. But that race had another powerful story about a woman who finished 37th. Who was she and what happened? Do you know the answer to this one? <laughs> Don't know the story? All right. Did you know Joan Benoit Samuelson won the race? No. Never heard of Joni? No. Yeah. Well, I, obviously, this was in the middle of my um, younger years of running, and so uh, 
uh, Joni was a hero. And I think I may have told the story on here before about how I was running in the Boston Marathon one time. And as, as I'm running, I'm at the four-mile mark of the Boston Marathon, and I'm running at 6.30 pace, roughly. And up ahead of me is a gray-haired lady, little short gray-haired lady. I'm like, what is she doing running that fast? She's going to die. And so I ran, I, I, I ran up to her and ran, got next to her. And as I got next to her, I realized who it was. It mm-hmm. was Joni. It was Joni. And, uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, I take that back. Right. She's not going to die. She knows what she's doing. And so she only finished like a few minutes behind me. I mean, she was 60-something 60, 60 years mm-hmm. old and ran like 252 for marathon. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. It's, it was crazy. Um, anyway, that's my, 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 my Joni story. I, got, I ran with her for a mile just to say I ran with Joan. That's great. Yeah. Yep. All right. Every week I share a reason why running is so. Oh, by the way, I didn't say. Trivia question. If you know the answer to the trivia question, you have to send it to dean at runforgod.com and be the first person to send an email to dean at runforgod.com. Not customer service, not Facebook Messenger. Dean at runforgod.com. You will win a run club box. So be the first one to answer. And send us your T-shirt size and your address along with that so that we can uh, make sure we get it to the right place and make sure we get you the right size. All right, again, I share a reason why running is so awesome. And so this week, here's my reason. Good people. (laughs) I love my Saturday family. You know that that family that you have just on Saturdays when you go run a race? Mm -hmm. You know know the family. You don't talk to them any other time, but you see them on Saturday mornings. And uh, and you just love catching up with them. And, you know, I, I kind of miss my Saturday family. I, because of, of being coaching at the college, I run a lot fewer races than I used to run. And so it used to be two or three times a, a month I was at a race and, and seeing these folks. And now I might run three a year. Right. And so, uh, it, it's I, man, I really miss them. And I really love, I love catching up with them when I see them. Um, yeah, my, my, my women's cross-country team at Dalton State has a 3.85 GPA cumulatively. That's awesome. They're, uh, they're crazy smart. And um, it's, I find that to be the case with runners in general. Um, with a high school team, um, we, we have a mandatory study hall for folks that are failing even one class. Um, we don't have many folks in that, not in cross-country. But now the coach who coaches cross country also coaches a different sport. He has a lot of people having to do that in that other sport. Um, runners tend to be pretty responsible, mm-hmm. um, pretty pretty good kids um, with the young folks. Um, for some reason, good people are drawn to running. I don't know what that is. Any ideas? No. It's interesting. Our motivational thought of the week comes from Dina Castor. Um, she is a, uh, a world record, former world record holder. Um, so here's what she said. We all know that if you run, you are pretty much choosing a life of success because of it. I love that sentiment. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes right along with what I was just saying. Um, good people are tend, tend to be drawn to running. And it's not because running makes you a smart person or a good person. It's because people who are that way are drawn to it. And so if you're a runner, 
as as Dina says here, you're choosing a life of success because you're probably that kind of person mm-hmm. already, right? So, yeah, uh, it's pretty good. People who run are happier. They're more driven. They're more successful. Um, do you think it's more than... Do you think it's more that running attracts people who are already like that? Do you do you feel that way, or do you think it's... I think it's a combination. I yeah. think others see us running. They see us happy. They see us healthy, and they want to join in. Sometimes they don't know if they can, Yeah. but they can. And so... And then they find they've got they've got all this drive too that they right. didn't even know they had. They right? didn't right. Yeah. Right. You're right. It works both ways. That's awesome. All right. Well, Lisa, I so appreciate you coming to join me today and this has been so much fun and I'm so glad to hear your story. Um, it's a it, you know the the story of redemption. You, get the book if you haven't read the book, go go out there and, and get the book and read it and um, learn a little bit more details of the story. We didn't right. go over a lot of details here. Um, but and this one gives you some good ideas if you're trying to run. Yeah. You know, just yeah. the basics of pick and choose and things like that. Yeah. So um, it's a simple read. Yeah. So thanks again for joining us. Thank you. I enjoyed it. All right. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.